everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Fan Show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Gail Zelitsky, and she is a 21-year business coach for women, and she is the founder and CEO of Gear Shift. Okay. And and she's also a podcaster. Uh, she hosts a show called Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. And she is an author, speaker, and mentor. And she is the founder of Wonder Women Mastermind Club and Women Rising. Uh, she helps female entrepreneurs realign, reimagine, and rediscover their unlimited potential. She also has a master's degree from DePaul University. Uh, so we are very fortunate to have her here as a guest. Uh, she was able to carve out some time in her pack schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are very fortunate and blessed. So um, thank you so much for coming on. And I guess uh, to start off, if you can uh, tell us about your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today. <laughs> well, first of all, Luke, thanks so much for having me on your show, the Deep Voice Man Show, and I'm really honored to be here. Uh, you ask about my background. Well, I'm I'm really an an accidental entrepreneur. I I suppose that I always was a facilitator. I always created community. I I was organizing at a very young age from from grammar school on. And uh, and so I didn't even think to go into business for myself until I was uh, a divorced mother of three children. One of them had uh, behavioral and emotional challenges, and so I needed great flexibility. And at that time, my father, who is a creative genius, literally, he created franchising when there was no franchising he took he was that was in the liquor business he took um, 11 store owners who all were operating under their own name this was in 1949 Luke they were all operating under their own name they were um, ma and pa liquor stores and my father could see the handwriting on the wall that that the big box stores were coming and the little guys were going to be put out of business. And so he took everybody, he, he you know, took asked 11 of the people that he knew in the business. He actually owned four stores, so there were seven others. And he said, you know, we're going to have all this problem. What can we do about it? And they brainstormed, and they came up with the idea of, be, of building a chain store image. And so that's how Foremost Liquor Stores, uh, Foremost Liquor Stores, pay less, get more at your Foremost Liquor Store. That's how they were born. Wow. <laughs> and my father sold it to my, sold the four stores to my uncle because in the liquor industry you could not be, you could not uh, sell liquor, be a retailer, and also do advertising, co-op buying, and sales promotions, which is what he created for the stores, he did such a good job that they became uh, they they had to register as a franchise sometime some later. So I tell you this because because I always loved going to the attic liquor stores of the retailers that were part of his group when I was just a little girl. But nobody ever thought that I should go into business, and so I went on to be a uh, an elementary school teacher. And then when I got divorced with these three children, my father said to me, you know, why don't you come work for me? You need great flexibility. And five years later, I was, I was CEO, I was COO, and I ran the organization for 17 years. Wow. And that's, that's amazing. how I got into business. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing start. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, it really was. So I, 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 I say I got my doctor's degree from from working with him, 
and then uh, and and I became his partner and and then uh, we sold that business in 1994 and my son who had been working with me for uh, I don't know about five years at that point we decided that we would uh, we would create another business in the alcohol beverage industry together. And that was originally Liquor by Wire, which was an international gift delivery service for alcohol beverages, using utilizing the retailers that we um, that we had to begin with, and then we built a network all across the country for um, for to deliver the the gifts, and hmm. and so. Uh, we built that into a multi-million dollar co- company and we took that, we almost took that public. We morphed from liquor by wire into liquor.com. We became one of the first 500 e-merchants selling uh, online. And then uh, we tried to take the company public because we were having a terrible time getting funding. And so, um, we got very close. We were we were about to be listed on the Nasdaq. We had uh, a lot of investors. We we used a New York City firm, and uh, and so uh, we ramped up to 23 employees. And um, and then when it came time to do it, the dot com crash was railing all around us, and we got caught in that, and they couldn't finish the deal. Mm-hmm. So. Everything imploded, wow. and I decided at that point I had I knew a lot. I had learned, you know, I had learned about business in all many different directions. I, I was especially deep in marketing and and um, and operations and finance, and so I decided to become a business consultant. And that's a very, very long way around telling you how I gravitated toward what I'm doing now. <laughs> All right. No problem. It's a great story. Thank you for sharing your story. And it's you're amazing. Welcome. You got it. it. It's amazing how you're, you got your great start with your father, who was very, uh, he came up with uh, with that ingenious, uh, you know, he had that creativity, that vision. He saw what's coming down the pike and prepared for it. And whatnot, mm-hmm. and to be involved with two firms, uh, multi-million dollar firms is amazing. It's a it's a hell of a start, uh, I would say, and it clearly shows from a young age you know what it what it takes to run a successful business, uh, to build a successful business, and I think mm-hmm. that's amazing, and whatnot. Okay. And so you, yeah. yeah, you you've been doing this for several years now. Um, obviously, you've been involved with businesses, helping other businesses. You mentioned uh, before you've been a coach uh, for a few decades, over 20 years. And mm-hmm. I'm curious. Now, obviously, you've been helping a lot of folks and whatnot, um, but we all got got hit with that sucker punch, you know, what the, the pandemic. And yes. I'm curious, right, uh, what uh, what challenges, if any, uh, has the pandemic posed uh to uh, you know, for when it comes to the state of entrepreneurialism and business, uh, has there obviously been any challenges or whatnot? Well, of course there have. I mean, it's been a terrific blow to many, many businesses. Uh, too many haven't survived, and those that have have found themselves in difficult waters uh, in terms of revenue coming in the door and having to fire employees or or um, figure out how to operate. That's where the word pivot has come into play. And so many people talk about pivoting because some of the things that they were doing no longer worked, especially as a business coach when you couldn't see people in, in person then you had to find a way around that. And of course, technology was our savior. And it, um, so those of us who moved quickly, moved all of our business online and were able to, to keep it going. And, you know, in many, in many cases and, and in many industries, not just business coaching, 
there were there were opportunities to actually grow and increase the business, but it's been very very challenging. And uh, you know, I don't have to tell you about restaurants and and uh, retailers. Uh, you know, that's that's been that's been a really huge challenge. And it's good to see that we're beginning to open now and. Many people have survived. So, um, you know, Wonder, I started Wonder Women Mastermind Club online because I knew that there were women business owners all around the country who were f- trying to figure out what could they do now. And so that, that was the my premise. I initially started it as a free program to simply get together anyone in my network or people from the people who join their networks and we started to meet uh, monthly and talk about all of these issues that, you know, were related to the pandemic. Wow. And, and thank you uh, for that. It's interesting how uh, you talked a lot about how some businesses weren't able to survive, but uh, some businesses were able to pivot and mm-hmm. it goes back to that old saying I was told uh, by someone that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. Exactly. It's so That's true. right. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And it's interesting how oftentimes with crisis uh, comes opportunity. Now, you mentioned before that it, it was harder to do face-to-face coaching like you had done earlier, but you switched to doing, I'm guessing, Zoom meetings or Zoom calls or whatnot. And, exactly. And, and, and I, I sort of had to do that when it came to networking and whatnot. And in some cases, that may be, uh, that may help to expand your reach uh, beyond where you already are, maybe nationwide. I spoke with a lot of entrepreneurs who said that because of technology, they were able to, you know, coach people, you know, that weren't, you know, farther, farther away from them. And so it's interesting. And you also developed that mastermind group, uh, which I'm sure will continue on pat- when the pandemic goes away. And that's yes, incredible. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, but, right. And so it is sad that a lot of businesses shut down for good, and it's a very unfortunate, of course. And uh, so, but, you know, in, on the bright side, you know, a lot of times great businesses are created during these tough times. A lot of great companies were created during the Great Depression, uh, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And yes. oftentimes, right, history uh, repeats itself. And whatnot. A lot more people are going into business um, as a result of what's going on now. There's going to be an entrepreneurial explosion, as it was explained to me. So more and more people are going into business. There's going to be more and more of a need and demand for business coaches like yourself. And as a result, so many people are going into the coaching profession and whatnot. And uh, so I'm curious. Uh, obviously, there'll be a world when the pandemic goes away uh, for the most part. If not, i hopefully sooner rather than later, particularly with the distribution of the vaccines and whatnot. I'm curious, where do you see things going in the future, and where do you see yourself in that future? Well, the the future is bright for those who are willing to to take on new ways of operating. And, uh, you know, I have I have a client who was working for a company uh, when the pandemic hit, and she started to work from home. So obviously a lot of uh, big businesses created virtual uh, systems so that their employees could work from home and not disrupt the operation of the business. And um, But then she decided, she and her husband decided they wanted to move to Portland. And when she went to her company with that, they said, no, no, we we don't want our employees to be out of the Chicago area. And so, you know, you can, you can stay on until, I don't know, six months from now. Well, they moved to Portland and after they got there, the company began, was forced to, because of the pandemic, was forced to hire remote employees from all parts of the country. And so now she went back to them and said, well, do you still want me? Are you still telling me I can't work here? You've got these remote employees from all over the country. And 
And they said, of course, you can, you know, we want you to stay. Mm. And so, so, you know, virtual employees, while there were some of them prior to the pandemic, in the future, that's going to be a very big deal. And I think especially for entrepreneurs, for uh, millennials and, and um, uh, those even younger, they, they want the freedom and, and the ability to, to be flexible and where they can work from. Hmm. So that that's absolutely one thing that that's going to see in the in the future. As far as myself, I will continue to meet on Zoom. Uh, I think that even those groups I have that, in addition to the ones you talked about, the groups I have that that are all made up of all Chicagoans, I think we're still going to meet on Zoom because. It's easier. It takes less time away from their business to be coached, and it's it's really an easy it's you know it's an easy way to to get what you need by doing it over Zoom or through streaming services. Right. Wow. And and thank you again for that answer. And it's interesting. Um, it's basically going to be a new normal. It's never going to go back to the way things were right before the pandemic, right? And so you're still going to have people still working remotely. I think a lot of businesses are realizing the studies are showing that people are actually more productive working from home. So yeah, mm-hmm. right. They're, right, it's better for their bottom line. And mm-hmm. it's better, obviously, for the employees, particularly younger people, millennials, Gen Z, whatnot. And I was talking oh. to someone earlier, right, that this was a phenomenon that was already taking shape in many ways or a trend, but the pandemic helped to kind of speed it up, which very well may be true. And yeah. you mm-hmm. talk, right. And you talk so a lot I will about how, say, sure. I, I will say that for women working from home is a challenge, especially for women, younger women who have children and, and it won't be when everybody's back in school, but during this year, it was really, really tough on women. And they, you know, they were, they had to homeschool their, homeschool, they had to either remote school their children or in some cases homeschool them. And they were, you know, everyone was working from the same, same place, right? That the husband was working from home, the wife was working from home, and the children were going to hmm. school from home. So for women, it was a whole different kind of a challenge than I think for, um, for men. Some men, of course, jump right in and, and try to do their share in, in that regard, but in many cases, it's the it's the women who find themselves Absolutely. in a more difficult position. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, and also the recession, the economic slowdown, and, and this whole entire thing we we're going through went through uh, has had a definitely a disproportionate effect on women, particularly the the job market. Uh, yes. Obviously, a lot of people have talked about the the, the she quote unquote she session. Uh, yeah. Where right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of women left the labor force because they had to take after the children and whatnot. So it was very tough on women. Absolutely, uh, it was very challenging and whatnot. And so obviously, uh, hopefully things will get better uh, as we finally see. You know, we see that light at the end of the tunnel. I think over half the country has been vaccinated so far, and hopefully that that goes up in the future. And so hopefully things definitely do improve for women in this regard and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, I'm curious, obviously, as a business coach, um, you know, there are some people who may look at what you do, uh, coaches in general, and may kind of roll their eyes and be skeptical and cynical about it and think, well, why do I have to pay money to someone to 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 tell me or suggest <laughs> things when I could read a book or I can do it myself and why do I need this expense and, and whatnot? Is this really necessary? Well, what would you say to, to individuals like that? You know, you bring up a really important point. So many people do feel that they can just do it themselves or listen to a YouTube video, right? Or, mm. um, <laughs> yeah. But 
the ones that are truly interested in growing, who are truly interested in continuing to learn, and who have a major passion for what they're trying to accomplish, understand that it takes a village to run a business. And the expertise of someone who has been there, who's done that, who is, um, you know, who has the knowledge that it takes to run a multi-million dollar business or or bigger, you, those people are seeking coaches in great numbers. And there's another thing that you get from from working with a coach that you can't get any other way, and that's accountability. It, and you also get someone who understands you, who looks at you and says, these are the, the, the tasks that you must undergo in order to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You, and, and when you're reading a book or you're watching a YouTube video, you're listening to someone who is talking in general about people. The only way to get that one-on-one uh, direct direct expertise for what you're trying to accomplish is to work with a coach. Right. Absolutely. I agree. I believe everyone should have a coach, whether it's a business coach or a life coach. And I right. definitely agree with you with the accountability factor. Because what it is is obviously a, a magazine article or YouTube video or social media post can't really hold you accountable the way a, a human being can. And so there is something to that, absolutely. And mm-hmm. also, you know, there's so many books out there a person can buy. But, you know, there's so many books out there on personal development, on, on business. But uh, And a lot of people buy and read these books, but they don't really implement it and you have to figure out, well, why is it not truly being implemented? Because the accountability factor is missing and you need to have that accountability there. So I totally yes, agree you do. on that. And mm-hmm. uh, so, and it's tough, you know, uh, now you have those do it yourselfers, but you know, <laughs> it, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without someone holding you accountable, it's very, very tough. Now, a business. What I like also, to say. Sure. Yep. Yep. What I like to say, Luke, is that if you were a surgeon or you were an athlete or whatever profession you're in, if you if you you would want to have a coach, you would want to be at the top of your game. And the only way to be at the top of your game is to have someone else who's at the top of their game working with you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why we all need coaches. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think coaches can give you uh, ideas, solutions that are tailored, uh, customized just for you as an individual. They can tell you the blunt truth when you're an entrepreneur and everyone around you is an employee. They may not want to do that. And so mm-hmm. they give you that outsider perspective uh, that you may not, uh, an entrepreneur may be missing because they're working within the organization. They don't really Maybe maybe not maybe they're not able to see things through that outsider angle and whatnot. So the, I guess the reasons to have a coach are myriad. Um, absolutely, uh, it's something that uh, people really need to consider. Uh, a good coach, uh, based on what someone told me, could shave years off your learning curve and, and whatnot. So that's absolutely uh, right. You know, yes. Yeah. Why why make all the mistakes? Why mm-hmm. have to make all these mistakes yourself? When you can cut 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 around it, and you can you know avoid them, they're expensive. Right. So right. you think it costs costs too much to hire a coach, but but really it costs too much to keep making mistakes or to keep uh, hiring the wrong person. Think how much that costs. Hmm. Right. People should view it as an investment. Absolutely, that return mm-hmm. to them perhaps several times fold. And exactly. so definitely I, I believe everyone should have a coach, if not a business coach, a life coach. Uh, there is something to it. Absolutely. And so uh, I guess that brings me to my next point. Uh, there are, I'm sure you know, are already aware, there are so many coaches out there. Uh, there's a, a low barrier to entry, right? You don't have to take a mm-hmm. test or get a license like you would if you're a financial advisor or a doctor mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to right. school or, 
Yeah, so I'm curious. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of coaches out there, a lot of alternatives. Um, what makes you stand out as a coach? What's your competitive advantage? That's a very good question. And the the way that you gain a competitive advantage is through your visibility and through your expertise. And so if you are visible to the community that is your audience, then they see that expertise and it, you know, and you do a good job for your clients, then they you get you begin to get referrals, you begin to get noticed out in the community, and that gives you excuse me that gives you a competitive advantage. Mm, wonderful. So you talked about visibility and whatnot, and making sure you're seen and known and available to folks in the community. And you you also talked earlier about your experience. Obviously, with your father, and uh, he kind of was very big on the, you know, he kind of was, how do I say this, uh, ahead of his time when he realized when it comes to franchising and whatnot, and to be involved with two firms, two multi-million dollar firms, definitely is way more experienced than a lot of other coaches who probably never been involved with business, which is interesting, right? <laughs> So, right. If you want to be a business coach, you want to have owned your own business mm-hmm. or you want to have solid experience building departments of other people's businesses so that you really understand everything it takes. And and the other thing is that, you know, I only work with, with um, small businesses. That's, that's where my heart is. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because... I hate to see small business owners struggle, uh, and 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 the and the fact that that um, that you have to have a certain heart and passion to be able to be an entrepreneur in the first place. Mm. So if you're looking for a coach and you're an entrepreneur, you want someone else who has that entrepreneurial flair. Otherwise, they can't understand what it is that you're going through or what it is that you're thinking or how, how your heart beats around the, the love for the work that you're doing. Absolutely. And small businesses, they make up the heart of the economy. I believe it's 97% of the economy is small businesses, and, which is amazing. And it, it starts with someone who has, you mentioned the heart, passion, it starts with a dream. And whatnot. So it's amazing that you help these small businesses and what grow and and stay, keep their head above water. But more than that, but just to really grow and expand and spread their wings. So I think that's amazing. I, I can tell that you know, I can kind of feel the passion in your voice that you really care about small business owners and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So you you have that heart and passion, of course, yourself as a coach. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, you know, when you you gave a very high percentage of what small business of the number of small businesses in the area. People have to understand that that the Small Business Administration identifies small business as people doing fifty million dollars or less. So, you know, that's that's not where the heart of the small entrepreneur is. 50 million, they, they may grow their companies to be 50 million and still be identified as a small business. But by the time you're doing 10, 20, 30 million dollars in business, you're really, you're really a corporation. And, um, and so that, that's a whole different story. Wow. Okay. And thank you so much for that clarification. And whatnot, mm-hmm. um, but obviously small businesses, true, truly small businesses, right? I'm sure make up a high percentage. I'm not sure which of the economy, and they're so important and critical uh, to our nation and whatnot. And so There's we no all question want to about see them, that. right? And we all want to see them grow, particularly during these tough times. And so um, I'm curious now. Obviously, you've helped out a lot of these entrepreneurs. Uh, through through the years, and mm-hmm. I'm curious, can you tell us any of the most moving or entertaining stories from your life or career? <laughs> I've had a long career, Luke, <laughs> 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 and 
well, sure. There's there's a lot of entertaining stories that have happened. Um, first of all, in in the liquor industry, initially, simply uh, being a woman in the in the liquor industry was definitely uh, entertaining. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> <laughs> on many many uh, different aspects and so but we you know as foremost we were i mentioned this we were extremely creative and so we created a mascot called Mr. Foremost and he was about 6 feet tall and somebody wore him he was a costume and and we would go around to the different liquor stores and and bring Mr. Foremost so that uh, people were very interested in coming into the store to see him, and and, uh, mm. and we run we'd have birthday parties and anniversaries and and other other events going on to to make him uh, have people interested in coming to see him. So Mr. Foremost became. He was a really terrific mascot, and we used him in a lot of different ways. Uh, it, you know, it, it the, probably the most moving uh, aspects of my career are when a business owner says, oh, my goodness, I never saw it that way. Or, oh, I've been measuring it this way when I really should have been measuring it that way. And you just see the relief in them, and the the um, the the excitement that begins to build when they understand how to do something differently. That's why right. I call my company GearShift, because sometimes it's just the tiny tweaks that make all the difference in how you shift your perspective to see. Thing, see things from a different angle and and begin to operate uh, on a much better level. Wow, that's amazing! Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, to I guess to get them to see things in a new light, have that maybe that eureka moment or that oh wow, you know, uh, that, I I can I can see why that'd be fulfilling when a student you know learn something new and and you as a teacher kind of or mentor or coach guided them. And there's just nothing quite like it, or it's hard to, um, you know, describe that feeling words, so to speak. So I, I, I totally get you uh, there. And and uh, so thank you so much for sharing that story about the mascot, Mr. Foremost. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, I can only imagine what you had to go through as a woman in the liquor industry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I, I could but, tell you stories, but we'll leave that for another time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine. And uh, so, uh, but you made it. You survived and whatnot. So uh, that's yes. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's interesting. Right. And uh, so I'm curious. Obviously, um, I was talking to you earlier about why I, you know, I started the podcast and. and uh, the conversation we had before the show and I told you that it was about building relationships and networking. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, because networking is so critical, particularly because of, you know, entrepreneurs, if they network, they may perhaps they can get to a point where they mostly or solely rely on referrals, which would be great. And so I'm curious, uh, what networking advice do you have for folks? And this is not just for entrepreneurs, but you know, people in general, like job hunters who are, who are looking for work. Mm-hmm. Mhm yeah well so so I believe strongly that you have to align your personal self and your professional self, and that you that to do work that doesn't satisfy both parts of you mm-hmm. is not not the type of work that i that that maybe you want to be doing, so in other words, if you really are are just crazy about the environment and, and climate control, then find a job in that area or or build a business in that area. If if health is so important to you, then find a job in in health in a, you know, or a field related to health and and so if you can tie together those two things. So I say that as a preface to answering your question because when you network, 
you have to have a plan. Networking is, I mean, for people who are social, it's just so easy to want to go meet whoever you can go meet, wherever you can meet them. Mm. But to do that without a direct plan to to further, you know, if your purpose is to further your career or to build alliances or to to get new clients, then you have to know that you're networking in the right places. Mm. And we did meet that way, Luke, and mm-hmm. and you reached out, which was very gracious and wonderful <laughs> of you, and I so appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And so I say, sign sign groups that are aligned with your interests and participate in them. That can be on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great way to get new new business and get referrals and, and all. Join one of these um, networking type uh, business related groups like Pro Advisors, for instance. Uh, join organizations that are where you will find the types of people who may be interested in the kind of work that you do. So plan what your networking is and and ask for referrals. Tell people, I am looking to build my business. I have room for three more clients this year. I, you know, you it's the, you can talk about where you are in your career and what it is that you're looking for. And when you're open and honest and direct, you mm. will be amazed at how people will come to to um, come to your to your side, to your aid, who will be interested in what you're doing. Wow. Thank you so much for that wonderful advice. And you first talked about realigning, uh, making sure the, that the personal and professional are on the same track. And, you know, there's an old saying that if you enjoy what you do, you never have to work a day in your life, right? That's uh, so right. That's right. Yeah. It's there's true. There's something to that. Absolutely. That's why I keep working and and <laughs> have been being a business coach for 21 years. I I could easily retire, but I just love what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I I spoke with another coach who said he was he con- he was going to continue doing what he was doing until the wheels came off, and uh, <laughs> and that's one of the keys to living a long life, never retiring. So I think you're definitely on the right <laughs> path, and or whatnot. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that before, right? And so, I have heard that, Lucas. <laughs> I, I believe it to be true. And you talked a lot about with networking, you have to have a plan. I believe this also to be true. And having a plan for me means doing targeted networking. And LinkedIn mm-hmm. is a great platform to do targeted networking. You know, we met on LinkedIn and whatnot. And so... Right. A lot of people have to get on LinkedIn. Uh, it's it's not just for, you know, looking for a job or just posting your resume. It's definitely a great tool for uh, doing targeted networking. And also LinkedIn has groups that people can get involved with and whatnot. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely uh, an amazing platform. And so you definitely want to have a plan when it comes to networking. Who do you want to build relationships with? And also uh, I would throw in starting a podcast is a great way to network as well. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe it is, but not everyone can do that. Obviously, it takes time. So, uh, yeah, something I think everyone should consider. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm curious now. Uh, I'm a little nervous about the next question, but I was going to I was going to say that obviously society has its social ills, right? With sexism, racism, and and homophobia and whatnot. Uh, I, I'm, I'm oh, curious. Yeah. <laughs> Have you uh, ever had to um, deal with uh, sexism on your journey? And if so, how are you able to overcome it and still achieve what you wanted to achieve? (laughs) Well, as I said to you earlier, uh, being in the liquor industry has its its definite uh, challenges in terms of sexism. And so uh, I just always conducted myself in a way that was was, um, you know, that kind of ignored, I guess ignored is the right word, ignored Mm -hmm. that I was a woman and so you're just going to have to deal with me (laughs) the way that I am. 
And uh, but you know, I did get myself into a few situations that were definitely sexist-related, and uh, and I learned from those. So it's it's I think it's uh, changed a lot since I started in business, Luke, and and uh, certainly discrimination has not changed, and racism has not changed. But in terms of sexism, I think we've come a little way. We certainly yeah. probably still have a long way to go, but uh, I think we're making progress in that area. I'm not so much sure we're making progress in the other areas. Okay. And so that's it's interesting. Now, obviously, you had to put up a lot of with a lot of stuff that you shouldn't have had to put up with, but you had that thick skin. You knew how to conduct yourself and ignore it and tune it out when you when you can and when you had to. And it's mm-hmm. great that there's been progress and a lot a lot has changed. Now, now of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we have our first um, female uh, and first person of color uh, vice president of the United States of America that was sworn in uh, this year, which is yes, amazing yay. progress. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the and the first president who was black. Let's not forget about Barack. Yes. Of course, he was from <laughs> yeah. Chicago, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, right. Yes. Yeah. And, um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, and so that's amazing progress, of course. Uh, no matter where someone sits on the political spectrum, uh, that is uh, progress to be celebrated, of course. And so, uh-huh. obviously, we still have a still a long way to go, of course, but uh, we're, we're making it, you know, as time goes on, things get better. So, um, I'm curious. Uh, what advice uh, would you give to someone who wants to do what you do, who's listening to you and says, you know, I want to do what Gail's doing. This sounds interesting. This sounds fascinating. Uh, what would you tell that person? I think that that the first thing you want to do is find your area of expertise and zone in on that. The second thing you want to do is to take some courses or a class, or a get certified in to be a uh, a business coach or a life coach. Uh, you got, there is no certifications to be a business coach, but there are certifications to be a life coach, and there are certainly uh, courses you can take to help with your um, with your being an executive coach, and and. You know, as a woman, if you are certified as a coach and you are certified as a woman business owner, uh, women business enterprise, then that is going to help you find coaching assignments in places that are not simply uh, obvious. And so I think that's a good thing. I also suggest that you find a mentor and that that you join uh you you hire a coach yourself to experience what that's like and you join uh you know coaching masterminds so that you become aware of what it is that people are looking for and and, and uh what it is that you can do better in order to grow faster wow that's amazing advice and you talked about how someone, and thank you for sharing the advice. You talked about how uh, you want to have that, uh, that focus in on one area to zone in, so to speak. And it's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an old saying called the riches are in the niches, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may have heard right. it before. <laughs> <laughs> well, the niches so, for sure. <laughs> yeah. The, the riches yeah. Uh, are in the niches. And so you want to have that expertise in that area. And you mentioned how it's good to have a mentor. Yes. Yeah. That right. the uh, the person the reason for the niches is so that you can brand yourself, so that people will know if I have this problem, I know exactly who to look for because that's what she does. I became known as a sales coach, and so if people were having trouble conducting sales or getting clients, then they would come to me because they knew I knew how to help them do that. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so you're known as a sales coach, so when people figure out that they needed uh, help with that, they just went to you and I think branding is so important. It's a simple concept, but so 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 important. I don't think Very people truly important. understand it. 
And right, so, I agree with you. And and it's interesting. Now, you also mentioned that it's good to have a mentor. Uh, it's good to have a coach yourself and understand what it's like and to also get certification, uh, perhaps life coach certification, right? And mm-hmm. so, and to join a mastermind. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's all great uh, advice. You also mentioned before, if one wanted to be a business coach, it'd be, it would help if they had, had ever had run a business or been, you know, maybe started a business or whatnot. You, uh, exactly. you think that's still key advice, right, for business coaches, of course. I do. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, would you want to go to a heart surgeon who never worked on hearts? Mm-hmm. Of course not, no. So yeah. I, I totally see where you're coming from with that, and I think that's so true. Um, I would, mm-hmm. If I were looking to a business coach, I would only, I would imagine, I would I want to know everything. I want to know reviews, track record, you know, and have they done this themselves. So I, I wouldn't hire anyone who hasn't done that themselves. Mm-hmm. So I totally mm-hmm. get where you're coming from with that. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm curious, uh, now looking at the other side of this, uh, what advice would you give to someone, an entrepreneur who's, who's looking for a coach and wants to find a great coach to take their business to the next level? Uh, wh- how should they go about that? Well, referrals are always the best, right? So ask everybody you know. Who, who would be the best coach for me to work with in my in my arena? Mm-hmm. And and so getting referrals and then being able to check them out that's that's really a terrific way to find find a coach. And the other way is to is to search for what it is that you need and see who comes up in that search. Uh, you know, Google search online. And and make sure when you talk with that coach that you they give you time to determine is this a good fit because I certainly never want to work with anybody that doesn't want to work with me or has any reservations about working with me. It's not mm-hmm. a good fit. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, yeah. Interesting. And thank you so much for that great advice. It's uh, you talked about referrals, that I think are so important, and it's great to get referrals and to give referrals, right? And mm-hmm. so yeah. referrals are a great way. And also, you want to you mentioned check them out. Obviously, you want to do your research and see their track record and whatnot, and see if they got the certifications that you had recommended coaches uh, get. And also, they have to be a good fit because this is obviously a person you have to mesh well with. You have to trust them because you're going to be sharing intimate details about your business and perhaps your your personal life with them. Trust is key for sure. Right. And so you have to like that individual. Obviously, sometimes as a business coach, I guess oftentimes you you might be also like a life coach because oftentimes entrepreneurs can't really separate their life from their business, right? So (laughs) you might have to give them life advice. Yeah, <laughs> I could only imagine right. with women, yeah. yeah. Yes, right, right. Yeah, you know, I was going to mention that earlier, Luke, and that is that while business coach is how I'm known, I'm very much a a life coach as well. And it's exactly the reason you just said, because you cannot separate your and, – and I believe, as I told you earlier, that you, your personal and your professional lives have to be aligned Otherwise, mm. something's out of sync, and your and your life isn't working right. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm. and so yeah. definitely. And so, I wanted to thank you so much for that advice. Uh, so critical to when it comes to finding the right coach. Obviously, you want to shop around. You want to. It's like holding an audition or interviewing yeah. folks for a job and whatnot. Sure. So. Um, so definitely, uh, there is a process and, and, and whatnot. So what you laid out and the tips you gave were, I think, very critical. So thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be remiss if I, I also didn't mention, um, there's a, apparently there's a high failure rate, unfortunately, with new businesses. Uh, most new businesses, my understanding is, fail within the, the first couple of years, which is kind of very sad, beyond sad. And, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is just prior to the pandemic. 
Uh, and obviously with the pandemic, I'm sure things got worse. But um, I'm curious, why do you think that is? And what can entrepreneurs do to turn these these kind of stats around? Yes, that's a, a really important question because if you're starting a new business, then you have to be sure that you have enough capital. Probably that's the number one issue. Let's let's say you're working at a corporation, you're getting a paycheck every week, every two weeks, and then you decide that, well, I'm going to leave that business and I want to open my own business. Before you do, mm-hmm. make sure you have enough capital, enough cushion to support yourself if you're if you're a coach and you're going to be on your own to make sure you can cover all your personal expenses and business expenses. And you want to test, have time to be able to test what's working, what's not working. You, if you need a website, you have to be able to build that. If you if you um, you have to have time to develop your programs and get known. So capital, whether it's it's a uh, brick and mortar kind of business or whether it's an online business, you need you need a a cushion in order to support yourself. And you should test everything to make sure that you're offering the products and services that people really want. You should expand slowly. Maybe you want to hire some people. Make sure you've got in revenue coming in in order to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's um, there's a lot to starting a business. And I work with a lot of people who are transitioning from corporation to their own business. And really, I, I suggest that you do it slowly. And so we figure out how to how to get going with it while you're still working and then perhaps give up some of the regular work that you're doing to concentrate more on the business. And, and um, yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's a tricky thing. We could do a whole hour on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you, um, you had mentioned that it's, uh, it's important to have enough capital, right, for business mm-hmm. owners. Mm-hmm. And that may be the top reason that mm-hmm. a lot of businesses go under. And you mentioned expanding slowly, right, uh, not hiring you know, too many people at once. And mm-hmm. that is uh, so true. And it's interesting. Um, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention that for a lot of entrepreneurs, failing, having a business that fails is usually a stepping stone. Uh, and they learn mm-hmm. from it, right, and they actually yes. end up building a successful yeah. business. Yeah, so. right, right. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. And and you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to be risk you have to be willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. You have to recognize that that business might fail. Mm-hmm. And right. and be okay with that. So so then it does become the stepping stone you're talking about. Right. Absolutely. But if you hire yeah. a coach, if you hire a coach, your chances of failing are going to be so much less. <laughs> I can only imagine, yeah, maybe a whole, <laughs> whole, whole heap less. And that's so true and something business owners should consider. Um, and obviously there's risk with business, but it's good to take, uh, at, you know, I don't, I forget what the phrase is, a calculated risk, or, uh, the best kind of risk you can to put the odds in your favor mm-hmm. as much as you can and a coach Exactly. That's right. That's that's absolutely right. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was interviewing another guest who told me, and it always just kind of hit me in a way. I always mention it all the time that that uh, he told me there's no such thing as failure, just learning experiences. Uh, Mm -hmm. I believe that totally to be true. I believe you only really fail if you get knocked down and you don't get back up. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely something to consider. And as an entrepreneur, you have to have that fortitude to take that risk to and to have grit and determination and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, there's Thank so you. many stories of great entrepreneurs who had stumbled along the way, particularly uh, the guy who founded Domino's Pizza. Uh, he, he had a rough mm-hmm. start. Let's just put it that way. He turned to starting that pizza yeah. franchise, right? <laughs> it was rough. He filed for bankruptcy multiple times. Very interesting story, mm-hmm. actually, about this gentleman. Uh, he ended up selling it, 
Domino's. For, to, but everyone knows what Domino's Pizza is today. So yes, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, I'm curious uh, obviously you've mentioned a lot of important life lessons uh, that you've learned yourself from others which is amazing i'm curious in addition to those are there any other vital uh, life lessons that you'd love to share with us you know um i actually heard i heard this from someone else uh, i don't know sometime last year and it it resonated with me so completely because i think it absolutely it absolutely states how to think about life lessons and and it's this sometimes you have to be a leader sometimes you have to be a learner and sometimes you have to be a leaner and the most successful people understand that they can be both a leader and a follower that that learning is a lifelong pursuit and you never stop learning. You shouldn't ever stop learning. And sometimes you just need someone to lean on to say, this is not going the way I thought it would. I just, I've got to talk to somebody about this. So if you lead, you learn, and you lean at different times in your, in your life or, you know, even in a, in a, in a, a, a month's time, you might be one of of each of those. Then you, uh, I think that that's the the important thing. And also, you need to have resilience. It's not easy being an entrepreneur, and so you really want to have uh, resilience. You want to be able to learn to embrace change, and be uh, and persevere. That's what I contribute my success to mostly is my perseverance and resilience and and the ability to tap into trends in the marketplace and, and run with them. Wow. That's an amazing skill to have. And thank mm-hmm. you again for sharing these vital life lessons. You talked about those three L's, uh, leader, yes. learner, leaner. Yes. And right. <laughs> you have to um, make sure that, uh, you know, you're wearing all these hats. Uh, so mm-hmm. important. Uh, you never want to stop learning. Uh, and that's so true. And obviously, you want to learn, keep learning because new things happen all the time, come up all the time, particularly trends that you want to stay on top of. So that's so important as a business owner to see what's coming around the bend. You, you, you know, that reminds me of your father who saw the how the big guys might, were eventually going to take out the little guys. He, he saw it coming mm-hmm. and prepared for it. He saw that trend. So mm-hmm. um, having that foresight. That vision, uh, I'm guessing, is amazing, of course. And a lot of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs who start businesses are definitely great when it comes to um, oftentimes creating trends, but seeing the trends and and uh, riding those trends to success and whatnot. And you talked about the right. importance of, right, of um, resilience and perseverance and, and grit, as they say. Uh, so right. grit is so mm-hmm. important and whatnot. And uh, so definitely thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, this wisdom with us and these, these nuggets and, and whatnot. I'm, I'm curious uh, now, what book recommendations do you have for folks? <laughs> I have three for you. One is Daniel Pink. Anything Daniel Pink writes is terrific. He's the New York Times bestseller of A Whole New Mind. And the book that I particularly love that he wrote is called Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. So Daniel H. Pink, Drive. Second one is by Steve Olcher, O-L-S-H-E-R, Steve Olcher, and it's called What Is Your What?, Discover the one amazing thing you were born to do. And full disclosure, that book was written by my son. It was also on the New York Times bestseller list. And if you are at all unsure of where you want your life to go, this is the book for you to read. And the third one 
this has to do with my podcast, Luke, I have to get it in. And it's, mm-hmm. of course, the po- podcast is Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. And this book is by Margaret Morgan Ross Gillette, G-U-L-L-E-T-T-E, Gillette. And it's called Ending Ageism or How Not to Shoot Old People. When you talk about sexism and discrimination, let me tell you, when it comes to age, there's a lot of discrimination going on. And that's another whole topic. <laughs> wow. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And all these isms are bad and wrong, and ageism oftentimes gets overlooked. And people need to understand what what that's about. And that has to be yeah. defeated, just like everything else. So, exactly. um, so it's interesting. Now, these book recommendations are amazing and incredible. I actually have read one of these books, the, the one by Pink, Drive. I thought it was an amazing book. It's probably worth a reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved that book when I first read it. And the book by your son, I'm definitely going to check out. I'm all about finding out what a per- what your life purpose is and, and whatnot. You know, it's interesting Mark Twain once said that there's two reasons, uh, or excuse me, there's two birthdays everyone has. Um, The first one is the day you're born, and the other one is when you figure out why, right? So so, um, uh, Twain was right about that. So it's important for people to know both their birthdays. I I believe you know both your birthdays, which is amazing. And definitely going to check out that book. And the aging, the uh, the one by uh, Gillette, uh, Ending Ageism, I'm definitely going to check that out. We're all going to grow old one day, right? Even if you're exactly. young. So that's right. It's people need to understand that. So right, um, you don't <laughs> want aging around uh, when you're when when one if you grow old. I don't want it around when I grow old. So definitely going to check <laughs> that one out, of course. And uh, I'll take a look at that. All three of these book recommendations are solid. They're amazing. Thank you so much for that. And I'm curious. You're welcome. Um, are you ever going to, if you haven't done so already, write a book yourself? Well, am I going to write a book about my life? Uh, I think about it. Is it for me to write a memoir? I'm not sure. It's certainly not out of the question. And I do have three uh, business books out. One is called Taming Time. The other one, Sales Simplified. And the third one, Learning leadership. Okay. All right. So definitely going to check out those uh, books. And if you did write a memoir, I'm definitely going to be the first person online to buy it. So keep me posted on that (laughs) if it ever comes out. And uh, it's interesting. You got it. And your son obviously has written a book. You mentioned it earlier. Um, So I guess it runs in the family, right? Being a writer, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah, (laughs) right, right. So yeah, definitely yeah. going to check those uh, books out. Uh, and obviously you have your own um, podcast, which I, I yes. think is amazing. And mm-hmm. Women Over 70, right? Uh, right. Reimagined. And I think that's amazing. I think everyone should have a podcast. Seth Godin, who's a marketing guru, uh, who's written several books, who's bald headed, wears glasses, he says that everyone should have a podcast and that podcast is the new blogging. Uh, I totally believe that to be true. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it's free to start a podcast, the Anchor platform. And so it's something people should look into to doing. It's a great way to network and meet people. <laughs> In my opinion, it's the best way to, to go uh-huh. about networking. Yes. I, I have <laughs> met amazing, yeah. amazing women, ages 70 to 103. <laughs> In wow. 115 episodes, we've we've put out already. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. who uh who has a podcast tells me that, that they enjoy it and they love it. So there's something to yeah. it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. And I would love to introduce you to other podcasters that I know because you're an excellent Thank guest, you. by the way. And Thank you so much. No problem. And so this this conversation has been very enlightening, uh, very inspiring, very educational, very moving and touching. So it was an honor to have you on the show as a guest. So thank you again for coming on. And can you um, please describe all the ways that people can reach out and get in touch with you so they can put a 
dynamic center of influence and their network. <laughs> you make this easy, Luke. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> so my website is Gail Zelitsky, if I could spell Zelitsky, Z-E-L-I-T-Z-K-Y, two Zs, gailzelitsky.com. And uh, and the podcast website is womenover70.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. And I am, uh, you can reach me at gail at gailzalitsky.com for my email. And I look forward to hearing from anyone who would like to um, make a contact. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And by the way, all the information that you just uh, gave us, provided us with, will be listed in the episode description area so people can see it and read it there. All right. Yes, thank you. No problem. I Mm -hmm. wanted to, again, thank you for being a guest on the show. And I want to thank the audience uh, for listening. Do you want to leave us with any last word or final send-off? Live life to the fullest. Thank you so much for that. And again, thank you for coming on the show. And for you, for you folks in the audience, uh, I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Everyone, have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Luke. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, And if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, Um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, That would be great. And if you can email us. So we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise. That'd be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.